Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture and interviewing the people that make it pop. Today, we're deep diving into one of the most celebrated pop culture icons and frankly, one of the greatest artists of my life. Of course, I'm talking about Miss Independent herself, Kelly Clarkson. She has crossed over from pop to rock to country to daytime TV, and her career is so illustrious that I couldn't do it alone. So I had to bring in reinforcements, true experts of all things Kelly Clarkson to help me cover it. Um, They are the hosts of Miss Inda Podcast, a podcast completely dedicated to the world's first American Idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here to join me, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to The Gist. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for reaching out. This was so lovely. Um, I checked out your podcast and I was like, this is going to be really fun. So you are lovely. And I'm so excited to talk all things Kelly, as always. Yeah. Yes. You guys do it regularly. I mean, you guys have found every nook and cranny of the Kelly Clarkson story to talk about. (laughs) Um, And so I don't know what we're going to, you know, uncover today that maybe you haven't already covered. But like I said, she's got a incredible career. And so for listeners, just a little bit so that they kind of ground us into why Kelly Clarkson, why are we talking about her today? Uh, Kelly Clarkson was the first winner of American Idol in 2002, has since recorded 10 full-length albums, sold over 25 million albums and 45 million singles worldwide. She has 11 top 10 singles in the U.S. and was the first artist in history to top each of the Billboard's pop, adult, contemporary, adult pop, country, and dance charts. In addition to her incredible music career, she has regularly served as a coach on nine seasons of NBC's The Voice and hosts her own wildly successful award-winning daytime talk show, The Kelly Clarkson Show. Among her numerous accolades, Clarkson has received three Grammy Awards, four American Music Awards, two Academy of Country Music Awards, three MTV Music Awards, five daytime Emmys, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's why we are covering Kelly Clarkson today. And of course, like I said, we've got Jeremy and Pam here to help me break it down. So to start us off so that we can all, because I've never met you guys before. So let's just talk about, um, you know, why Kelly Clarkson? When did she enter your life? And how did your Kelly Clarkson story begin? Jeremy, I'll let you start. (laughs) Um, You know, she entered my life about the same time she entered most of our lives And that was with American Idol back in 2002. I watched the show from the very beginning. I had no idea what the show was about or really what they were trying to accomplish. It just said, you know, it was a search for a superstar. And Mm -hmm. I remember seeing Kelly's audition on TV. And, you know, the, the story that I've told on our podcast is that I watched her sing for the first time and I thought, I don't really understand this show, but I think this girl here is going to win it. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I was kind of hooked. Um, you know, we didn't see anything from her for a couple more weeks until they got to the Hollywood rounds. And right. from then I was just completely transfixed on this young woman who had such an incredible singing voice and yeah. was just so down to earth and just seemed like one of your friends was just so bubbly and had just personality for days. And I was completely fixed on watching her and and her journey through the show. 
And of course, you know, when the time came to, you know, really start voting and, and calling in and whatnot, I was an active participant and was so thrilled when she won the show. And I've followed her career uh, intently ever since. Amazing. So right from the beginning. Very beginning. Cool beans. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a very that's a very good old school throwback, and I appreciate that you use that. Of course, uh, Pam. What about you? So my journey did not start in 2002. Mine started in 2004. So um, I was very young when she was on Idol. I was in elementary school to date myself. Um, mm-hmm. I knew of the show. I knew a moment like this, Miss Independent. I knew the songs. I'm like, okay, they're good. Whatever. I know that's like horrible for me to uh, say now, but like I'm being honest. Um, and then probably when I was around 2004, give or take, I don't really know what sparked it, but like I'd always been a fan of music, but never, you know, I was always, it was very surface level. And then around 2004, I just like decided like, you know what, I want to start paying, paying attention to more music. And I just honestly, I had a little, um, little boombox radio I kept in my room mm-hmm. and I would just listen to a lot of different stations. And I just, this was right around when the song breakaway came out. I really liked it. Right. It was when since you've been gone came out something, they put something in that song that did something chemical to me. And I was so <laughs> obsessed with that song. And yeah. I immediately like went down rabbit holes on the internet of like message board, like looking at up as much as I could about her. And it was very early YouTube days. And I just became so obsessed with that song that I wanted to hear it all the time. And I was like, what else does she have aside from a few songs? So I really just did like a quick, luckily there was only about two years to really catch up on. It wasn't that much, all things considered. And I just did as much of an education as I could. And throughout the years, I really, um, got into watching a lot of her interviews and a lot of her live performances. And I guess long story short, not only since you've been gone, but really just like watching her, um, her interviews as a very young kid, she is, you know, what you see is what you get. She is so down to earth. She's so real. And I think as a young kid, having her as a role model really helped shaped me into who I am today. So, um, it was a little bit of both. It was really music and her personality that really brought me in. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I am more aligned with Jeremy in this and that I write from, you know, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. She took the stage on the the, the first <laughs> live shows. I, I remember her in the auditions, but, you know, she was wearing that horrible, I think there was like a pair of jeans that she turned into like a, a tube top <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I was like, I mean, like great voice, but I didn't really know what the show was either. None of us did. I mean, they really... I don't think they did at the time either. They were sort of like trying to figure it all out. And, um, and yeah, I just immediately, I was like, okay, this, this girl's got to be the winner. Like she's clearly the front runner as she continued to move through the series. I became obsessed with it. The, the series itself was something that I ended up, uh, really enjoying watching with my mother, um, who was at the time sick, uh, ended up losing my mother when I was 18. And uh, it was right around all kind of that same time of Kelly winning. And, you know, we had this like really great connection. And so there's something really like deep for me with the relationship with Kelly Clarkson very early on is like, I remember that we both were rooting for her. Um, the night that she sang uh, I Surrender was like a very, uh, it was a very pivotal moment in my mother's uh, journey with her illness. Uh, she was in the hospital that night watching it and, uh, and I was at home and, 
Um, and so I have like a very, and Kelly was also sick that night uh, as she was performing. She had laryngitis, as I'm sure you guys know. Um, and, and I was like, this is, this is it. Like she is touching me in all the right ways, but also just like, I fell in love with her personality, uh, the cool beans of it all. Uh, and I just thought like, yeah, this girl is truly defining what America's idol should be. Um, and it was so amazing. And, and so obviously from there, um, we had, uh, her winning at the Dolby Theater, I, I'm i going to admit it. I don't know if I've ever admitted this, probably to like some of my closest friends. I was like sobbing when she won. I was <laughs> so happy. I was watching. I actually um, had to work the night that it aired and I came home super late. Um, and so I was like, I, I got to go to school the next day. I can't watch it. And so I went to school and I didn't want any, I didn't want to talk to anyone because I didn't want anyone to ruin it. And I ran home after school and immediately, you know, put in the the tape um, that I had recorded it on. And I was watching it by myself and I was just like gearing up watching this two hour thing. And then uh, when they announced that she won and of course she has her emotional, a moment like this crying through the whole thing. And I was just crying right there with her. I was like so <laughs> excited. So um, did you not know she, were you able to not like know that she won or yeah, I, like that was a mess. <laughs> That's impressive. I don't know. Because, impressive. Because it was like what? truly like it was the biggest thing. Like everyone at yeah. school was talking about it. And so right. I mean everyone was talking about it. I just I was like determined. I was like, I have to find out on my own live. Um and so and I managed to do it. And I think that was also part of it is I had hyped it so much that it yeah. was just like all these emotions came out and I was like very excited. So I was a fan from the very beginning and then, you know, was counting down the days until we got to thankful, um, the album, because it kept getting delayed and delayed. And, and I was like, we need, we need this album. I need more from Kelly Clarkson. Cause it was back in the Napster days too. So mm -hmm. I like was downloading all the performances and I would yes. like burn them on a CD and like listen to them in my car. It was, I mean, I was, I was kind of a diehard Kelly right from the beginning. I always, I always joke because like, during my surface level fan days, 2003, I also like downloaded mm -hmm. Miss Independent from like Napster or LimeWire or whatever. And for some reason, like there was no version out there that was actually like the album version. It would just like repeat the chorus, the last <laughs> chorus three times. So I never knew how the song actually went until I finally got the CD like a year later. Um, <laughs> I don't really know where I'm getting at with this, but like gotta love those days oh, of LimeWire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not miss it. Yeah, it was, I think like, I remember it being hard to find too um, because like it didn't come out as like a single that you could like download or buy anywhere. You like had to wait for the album back in those days. Yeah. And yeah. And I remember, I think it was like she did a performance on like MTV or she did something live and they had like pulled together the parts that you could actually hear her without like fans screaming in the background and stuff. And it, yeah, it was like this really pieced together version of the song that was like not actually it. But yeah, I, I think I had that too. <laughs> <laughs> the things we did back in the day yeah oh yeah um and so you you said breakaway was kind of like your introduction did you go back pam into the thankful days or do, is that for you sort of the lost kelly clarkson era oh no so there used to be a website it does not exist so there's like a really big message board called the express it still mm -hmm. exists to this day i haven't been on it in years but back in the day jeremy you probably have a memory of this there was a website it was like a portion of the message boards it was called kce media hmm. so there are a few people there that used to just like every single performance and every single interview that this woman has done from like 2002 to like i don't know 2009 we'll say uploaded all to this website 
And I got a God bless whoever ran that. I got such a good education from a very <laughs> early age because this was, I mean, like YouTube was a thing, but like so was dial up at some point. Yeah. So no, I, w- I went back and I really wanted to like, you know, watch as many performances as I could um, because I'm like, this woman is like literally a national treasure. And like, how have I been so blind from this for the last two years? So no, I, I definitely went back in time um, and tried to watch everything I could and um, got the thankful album. It was like the best day getting that and breakaway was like the best day ever. Yeah. I was like, it's finally here. I can find, you know, I had my, my little like Walkman CD player. It was great. So I was a little late to the game, but I like to think I, I caught up pretty quickly. Thanks to the Kelly community, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any, um, Jeremy, are there any performances for you from her idol time that like really stand out as like a memorable, memorable either performance or moment that you were like, this girl's beyond anything else on that show. I mean, the respect performance obviously really catapulted her. I think that's a moment when a lot of people really do remember her Mm -hmm. being on idol because by then there had been so many people that had come and gone on that show uh, in the first few weeks Mm-hmm. That, it, you know, and this was the early days of Idol when they really focused a lot on the terrible auditions because it mm-hmm. made for good television. Right. And you sort of lost the really good singers in the shuffle. And so when she did respect, I mean, obviously that was a big one. But for me, I will always go back to Big Band Night and her yep. performance of stuff like that there. Yes, yes. I mean, that was just. It, it was a song that I was unfamiliar with, but I, mm-hmm. I knew big band music. I knew the sound and it was just this performance that I could not forget. I, I could mm-hmm. still probably quote it or recite it word for word, whether it be the interview portion afterwards or the, oh, wow. the song itself, wow. because I, I was like, Pam, you know, I went and, and did my own searches online for when that audio came down and I played that in my car all the time because I fell in love with the song. I fell in love with her as a singer. And just, I mean, from that moment, I really do think, and I think I've said this on our podcast, that night that she sang that song was the night she won American Idol. It took yeah. a few more weeks for them to officially crown her. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was some uncertainty whether it was going to be her or Justin. And it turned into this, you know, really cool, big pop culture moment, which, you know, like you and Pam were talking about earlier. I can't believe you made it through an entire school day the day after the American Idol finale and not find out because it was lit. I mean, people at red carpet premieres of movies were being asked, are you a Justin or a Kelly? Yeah. And so the the fact that, you know, it was just this big pop culture moment uh, still sticks with me. But yeah, that that performance for me is what solidified me as a fan. And, you know, going back to what you were you were doing, you know, when you watched the finale, I didn't so much break down into tears, but I will say that, you know, we had a, a finale party with a bunch of friends and there was a bunch of, and I think there was, you know, for every five Kelly fans, there was one Justin. So it was definitely a Kelly heavy right. room that was sort of rooting for her. And I just remember the room just exploding with cheers and screams and yells when she won, because it felt like, we had all won because like yeah. I said earlier, you know, Kelly is very down to earth. She's very girl next door, especially uh, when she was on idol. And it really did feel like it was one of us who had just become a music superstar. 
And I think that that's what, and I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves here, but I think that that's one of the reasons why people like her so much is because we all got to see a a literal nobody become a superstar over the course of a few weeks. And we're like, wow, I am so invested in this person's career because I literally got to see it, not even from the ground floor, from like the basement. And now, you know, she's in the, the stratosphere now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you on the stuff like that there. I mean, that's, that was such a pivotal night. And, you know, I think also moving, like as the top 10 was kind of moving beyond, I think, you know, there was a lot of Tamira Gray buzz that she was going to be kind of the front runner. And I think when she left, people started going like, wait, that, that Kelly Clarkson hasn't even been in the bottom yet. Like she's been safe every week. And Mm -hmm. I think like when she's saying that stuff like that there, I think you're right. I think it was like, everyone was like, that's, that's our idol. That's the girl because she's the girl next door. And I think idol changed a lot. And, you know, you see the voice and stuff now is a lot of these people come from the industry or they have backgrounds in music or, you know, they're, they're using this as a platform to push their career further. Whereas like back then it was like truly people that had never, done i mean kelly had recorded demos and wanted to be a musician but she really hadn't made her way in any kind of uh, significant way and so um you know it was that kind of like true incredible moment that we watched somebody become a star which i think we'll never really capture that again um, unfortunately because it was a really magical thing and it was the only show of, of its of its kind i mean now you have so many all I mean, yeah, and I know that, you know, like Star Search, but, but like, I mean, at that time, that was the only thing. Now you have American Idol, you have The Voice, America's Got Talent. I'm sure there are others. Yeah. So it's like there's almost now competition among the talent shows. So it's a very different time we're in right now. And you see yeah. a lot of contestants bouncing around from different talent shows, you know, people who mm-hmm. performed really well on The Voice going on American Idol and vice versa and going on Nashville Star and, oh, yeah. you know, AGT and, you know, they're, they're just trying to get their break, but you're right. I mean, I would say probably for the first four to five seasons of American Idol, it was really a pure show where mm-hmm. you were just getting these literal like hayseeds of a kid from the middle of nowhere who just happened to have some, you know, natural talent and turned them into superstars. Nowadays, yeah. you know, everyone's got a, a professional backstory or, you know, they've already got an album or something that they yeah. put out independently. So uh, I think that that's just what made it all the more special. And, you know, for the fact of, you know, Kelly being the very first one, I mean, I think everyone who ever comes from any of these singing competition shows are always going to be stacked up against her. A hundred percent. agree. Um yeah, I mean, it's just, it will, it will never be that. And, you know, and then I think from there, what she's done with it, because like, if you, I actually, um, what was it? She was just on Watch What Happens Live doing press for the, mm-hmm. for the chemistry album. And I think in the, I think it was the plead the fifth, Andy had asked her, can you name any recent American Idol winners or something? <laughs> yes. And she was like, I, I can't, I don't know. No. And I think like, you know, that's, that is what the truth is of that too. Like people that are coming off the voice, that's a show that they focus on the, the coaches and the kind of camaraderie of that. That's what that show is. It's not about making superstars anymore. Yeah. And so we, we got one with Kelly and we've gotten some from American Idol from the early days, but Kelly truly kind of like defined what that meant and became a superstar 
Yeah. Which I think, you know, as we kind of move through to the next sort of phase is we got thankful on April 15th, uh, 2003. The lead single, as we talked about, was Miss Independent. It sold 4.5 million copies worldwide and debuted at number one. Um, Tell me your thoughts on all things thankful and from that era. I'm like you, Chris. You know, I really was impatient to get that album because I think uh, Idol wrapped up in September, early September of 2002, and we didn't get thankful, like you said, until April. I think we were originally supposed to get it in November, but, you know, there was a lot of delays and then there was just, you know, uh, all the all the stuff going on behind the scenes that we probably still to this day and maybe we'll never know about uh, all the the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, just it was such an, a highly anticipated album. You know, they... They got to sort of milk the two idol songs a bit uh, through mm-hmm. the end of 2002. And then they had to sort of, you know, wait for a little bit. I think uh, Miss Independent came out a few weeks before the album did. And it was just, it was such a relief that her first song that was from the proper first album was so good and such a banger mm-hmm. because, and and I've said this before about, you know, American Idol itself, but even I'll, I'll even extend this into Kelly's thankful era, American Idol and its producers and its creators. And, you know, I'll even say to a slighter extent that the network, they needed Kelly to succeed because if oh, yeah. they have this brand new show, which at that point they still didn't, I don't think they, they may have very early on had just started the second season. I don't know. I don't remember my timeline, but they needed Kelly to succeed. They needed her to do well because yeah. the entire reputation of that show was resting on how well Kelly Clarkson did. And so they needed it to be her to be the winner. And they needed her to have a big hit single and have a big hit album her first go round. Because once that happened, that then put a lot of credibility on top of American Idol. And so oh. she got a lot of help with songwriters, producers, everybody who could really help to make that album successful. They threw the entire kitchen sink at it. Now it's funny to think about that from a 2023 lens because you'll be hard pressed to find somebody to say that thankful is her best album. But at the same time for the day for 2003, it was a great album. It was a great pop yep. album. And it really showcased a lot of the different things that we saw of her on American Idol, where, yes, she can be a pop singer, but she also had a very soulful side to her that she got to sort of flex on the show, but not a ton. And then we got to hear it on record and it was really, really good. So uh, it was it was such a nice, not even, I don't even want to say a surprise. It was so nice to have invested all of this emotional energy and time into voting for her. And then she came out and put out a heck of a good album for her first effort. And it, it made the whole thing worth it. I think for all of us as fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, echoing a lot of what Jeremy said, they had so many big names behind it, but I feel like, I mean, I, even just looking back on stuff, like I feel like it, that wasn't like overly advertised. Like you got, yes, you got your Christina Aguilera who co-wrote on Miss Independent, but then also who, which Kelly didn't know until right before it came yeah, out. Yeah. Um, but then you got like Babyface working on it, like Diane Warren, like you have a lot of big, big names. Um, and I think that really, really helped. And even despite like 
you know, singles two and three low. And the trouble with love is like they were they were successful, but they weren't like giant smash monster hits like, you know, having this independent and throwing a moment like this and before your love on there, which is familiar to people throwing those on is like the bonus tracks. It was just people, you know, I think I think fans back in the day were probably really excited to go out and buy something that they helped. Like they were like, yeah, we got this person here. Like, you know, I helped contribute yeah. and, and I'm proud of her. So I want to buy the album and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, especially in a time when like back when you used to buy, buy like albums and stuff, like you didn't know what the songs were going to sound like. Right. You maybe knew one or two tracks. So, um, at least for this people knew at least three. And, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really fun album, and I, I do think it showcases a lot, her diversity that not only did she do on Idol, she continues to do 20-plus years later with all different genres. And, um, yeah, it's probably – I mean, it's not my favorite album, but I absolutely adore it. Yeah. And I definitely think it is of the time, but that's all – sometimes that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – you know, it was a hodgepodge, a little bit of genres because – she was this American idol that they really didn't know was she going to be, you know, it was the time of the Britney's and the Christina's and all of these things. So it's like a Miss Independent goes kind of down that road in a way of like, are we pushing her there? But she's also like much more of a vocalist than a Britney. And, you know, it's, but, and she's not a dancer and she's not going to do those things. So we need to have some songs that like also define who she might be on stage And, you know, and then, you know, it was interesting because we got the album and then, um, Jeremy, you mentioned because of the delay of the album, season two had started. Then we got, uh, Ruben Stuttered as the second, uh, idol winner and Clay Aiken as the runner up. And so Kelly's first, uh, tour when she went out to tour, thankful was the co-headlining tour with Clay Aiken. Yep. Um, and so that was that was like the the sort of first time that and I saw that live and I so did Jeremy oh yes yep. yes I I when they sang uh, what did they do together open arms together yep. at the end loved it um, so and then I ran out to the bus and I waited for her to come out and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I was like we are staying it was like getting late and you know we were still in high school or something and uh, my my friend was like I think I have to go I was like no we're we're staying she's gonna come out I know we're gonna like meet her. And, uh, and then Clay Aiken came out and he was like going around and shaking everyone's hands. And I, I remember him shaking my hand and being like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, um, good. When is Kelly coming? Oh my God. <laughs> he was like, Oh, um, she'll, she'll be right behind me. I was like, great. Awesome. And he, I could just see like, and then as he walked away, I was like, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was rude. It's okay. Um, but you know, I was, I was there for Kelly. I was there for the prize. And then, uh, it was interesting cause it was like kind of the semicircle and Kelly started on one side of the semicircle and was like saying goodbye. And then like her tour manager was like, okay, we got to go. And she was like, hold on, let me start on this other side. And so she started going down the other side and I was like directly in the middle. Oh, geez. I was like, Oh no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna like see her. She's not gonna uh, sign my, whatever I, my program or whatever I had. And, um, and so she started, the tour manager started to pull her and I just screamed out, Kelly, I love you more than life. And, uh, and she turned around and she was like, all right, I'm signing one for him. I don't care. And she like came over and signed one for me. And, and that that's just, so nice. and that stuck with me. And that's, I feel like that defines Kelly in so many ways. Cause she's so personable. She cares about her audience. She cares about her fans. And like, she's, she was that girl from day one to, and she's still that way today. Seriously. Yeah. I remember we did a, uh, 
we did a meet and greet at the uh, at one of the independent tour shows, and they were uh, they they sat Kelly and Clay uh, behind a table, and everybody had to walk by them, you know, and kind of put their we had whatever we wanted them to sign. And then we had a little piece of paper that had our name on it, and they said they told us as before we walked into the room, they said, you know, Kelly and Clay are you know resting their voices, so please don't talk or you know ask them questions <laughs> or anything. They're you know, under strict orders to, you know, rest their voices. And we walked in there and the two of them are just jabbering away. Hey, what's up? And they're talking to each other. They're talking to the fans. And we're like, are we allowed to talk to them? They addressed us first. Can we talk back? They're like, whatever. And so they were just, and, to be, and, I'm, and I'm saying this about both of them really, but I mean, especially Kelly, I mean, they were just so nice and so kind, even though, you know, there's people around them that are, you know, that have their best interests in mind and are trying to protect them. But at the same time, they're like, these are people who paid like American currency to come and watch us sing. Like we're not going to just sit there and stare at them and sign their paper and send them on their way. Like we're going to talk to them. So, and yeah. you know, she has stayed that way and has just been, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've stayed a fan for so long is because the way she was in 2000, at that point it was 2004 all the way up until today has not changed. Yep. Yeah. No, she's, She's great. And, and I mean, and then that, you know, obviously we don't, we don't have to talk about um, from Justin to Kelly, because I know that's, I know that's not her favorite part of the era. Oh, trust um, me. We, will... we love talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, um, I had, I saw it in the theater three times and, yes! uh, and I had it, all of the songs, uh, you know, that I had ripped because they never released the soundtrack. So I had mm-hmm. to rip it from now. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I was I was a fan of it, but I know Kelly wasn't, and you know we and then it started to make sense because she you know parted ways with the idol management teams and and kind of really wanted to redefine herself and then enter Pam because yeah. here we are <laughs> at Breakaway and uh, and Breakaway the album comes out November thirtieth two thousand four. Um, and obviously we got a little taste of the album with the song Breakaway from the Princess Diaries 2 soundtrack in July. Um, but 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 traditionally the album's first single is Since You've Been Gone, which came out in November of that year. Jeremy and I always like have a debate about this. He's like, it's Since You've Been Gone. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to say the first single was was Breakaway because it came out first. We well, always like debate about this. But like technically you were right, but I refuse to accept it. Well, and it's interesting because it did come out first. And so people obviously knew it. She had a music video yeah. for it. It was like it was the single. But um, but I was when I was doing some of the research, it's they consider it the sixth single from the album. Yeah, which is so silly. But whatever, I will stop. I will stop. I can get on a whole tangent about <laughs> yeah, this. She'll, but I won't. she'll take up all um, your time just going about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and it's, you know, rightfully so, because it, it really did sort of redefine Kelly in such a huge way. It was Breakaway was our most commercially successful album um, and had I guess six singles that were while all of them to, in my opinion, wildly successful, obviously since you've been gone um, is most notable, but uh, we have since you've been gone behind these hazel eyes because of you walk away and then break away. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, that time for you. And I know uh, Pam, you mentioned a little bit about some of the, since you've been gone sort of uh, fascination and obsession, but is there a song from that record? Maybe one of the more like deep cuts that is like a song that you still go to today. It's funny. Um, so 
since you've been gone will probably always be like my top one of my in my top three maybe even top i don't know but one of my favorite songs but it's funny because my as far as like a like a b-side track that's my favorite it's actually a song i didn't love as much until a couple years later and now it's like what was i thinking <laughs> um hear me it's track number 11 mm-hmm. i absolutely adore that song i think it's so good vocally. I love the lyrics. My dream is, I mean, I don't know why I, I would, but I, my dream is to one day hear it live. I know we're 19 years after the fact, but like one day I'm praying. But yeah, that's one of my favorites. I, I mean, addicted as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i a little like emo kid at heart. So I love all the like angsty, yeah. an, anything angsty will always um, bring me in. But no skip album. I mean, it's yeah. my favorite. Totally. What about you? Mine is uh, Addicted is probably one of them. But I think what I end up listening to most is You Found Me. I just oh, It's I such a good one. song. Like today, that could be on the radio today. I feel like it would be a, a hit single today. And But you're true. But you're right. Breakaway is one of the greatest albums of all time. No skips. You could listen to nope. it front to back. And there's nothing that I'm like, that was a filler. Yeah, seriously. And which like a lot of albums these days in general, there's always I think there's always going to be one or two filler songs. Like I hate to say that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. this is a rarity. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Jeremy, what about you? For me, uh, you know, Hear Me was also a song that I grav- gravitated towards. In fact, I for a hot minute, my very first uh, personalized license plate actually said Hear Me. Uh, and so it, cause oh gosh, I, amazing. I, it worked both ways because I was, I'm on the radio and then I also love Kelly. And so I was like, Hey, this works. I can use this as sort of both sides of, you know, my interests. And, but yeah, you know, when I, when I go back to the album now, I think one of the songs that I gravitate towards is gone because it, mm. you know, it, it was, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was technically, it was in line to be a single, I think it was intended to be, or at least they had intentions, but it just sort of what I think they did finally just, they gassed out that album. I mean, they, they got about a a year plus uh, out of that album. And I think there was just by then they just had fatigue and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't do it. But I mean, look with the amount of singles that came off of that album, I mean, that, that doesn't happen all that often. I mean, you're, when you start talking about, you know, five, five, six singles coming off of one album and all of them being for the most part, super successful you know you're getting into the katie perry teenage dream uh michael jackson thriller yeah. i mean you're you're in that level of success when you talk about albums mm-hmm. that have multiple multiple singles come off of them now by no means am i Absolutely. saying that breakaway is you know the thriller of the 2000s but um <laughs> nonetheless i mean it was an extraordinarily popular uh album and i think um I, I think it definitely lives among the top albums of the first part of, of the millennium, uh, definitely of the early 2000s. It's definitely one of the best. And again, it showed that Kelly had endless uh, possibilities. She had endless opportunity because she has now mm-hmm. superseded her first album. And that doesn't always happen mm-hmm. with a lot of bands. A lot of times you get what's called the sophomore slump. They put out kind of a dud yep. of a second record, mm-hmm. but a, you know, a lot of bands are a little bit different where they've got their whole lives to write their first album. And then you got about 18 months to make your next yeah. album. So yep. uh, that's understandable that they would have a slump in their second album, but Kelly just got better and, you know, put out 
what is arguably going to be the, you know, the album that goes on her tombstone, if it will. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's just a, a fantastic album front to st- front to back. I agree with you guys. No skips on the album. Uh, it's, you know, it, it was a, it was a landmark moment in, in pop music history, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, like you said, I think you said it perfectly as they really gassed it out. I mean, it, because it's so unusual to have six singles and to continue to have, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes behind that into like, uh, going on the radio promotions and really trying to push all of these songs to chart and do all of the things. There's a lot of effort that it takes. And so I think at that point it was like, Kelly was starting to work on the next record, but she also went on three tours for that record, yeah. the breakaway tour, the hazel eyes tour and the addicted tours. And so she, I mean, and she was physically, I mean, I was, I remember, um, you know, writing, I, I was a music blogger, um, back in that time too. And I was writing about, um, how I felt like she was Gwen Stefani on stage. She was like running around sweating, just dancing. Like she was doing it all on that tour. And I mean, she was really nailing that. And that, that's a lot of effort. And so she needed to kind of, they can't, I think they needed to kind of come to an end. Also, she, uh, she got her first two Grammys there. So she got pop vocal album. And then since she'd been gone, um, took for the single, the pop vocal performance by a, a female. And then, um, the, she won the MTV video music awards for best female video two years in a row, first for since you've been gone. And then the following year for because of you and, mm-hmm. you know, again, that doesn't happen. Like typically albums don't get to like be considered two years in a row for awards and things like that. And so I think it was just time for them to move on, but they could have probably just put that entire record out. I mean, the era itself was uh, over two years. If you want to, I mean, if you want to say like when the breakaway song came out, which was like, I guess, July of 2004 through the end of the addicted tour, which was probably, I guess, like August of 2006, that's over two years. That's insane you would never have that nowadays well it's like a jagged little pill too i mean it's like alanis morissette did the same thing she had like so many uh years where she just toured the same album and that and Mm -hmm. especially in the pop music space you know a rihanna for example people are like dying for more rihanna music and it's like but for nine albums the girl was like turning them out every nine to 12 months she had a new record out and because that's what they do is they push that machine and so for her to be able to take a tour or or tour an album for two plus years is incredible yeah and we and look we found out later on that you know it i mean i don't want to be dramatic but i mean it nearly killed the poor girl i mean she was absolutely exhausted by the time the addicted tour finished up and you know it's i think as much as I love the fact that she toured that album so much and I went to all three iterations of the tour and I loved all of the tours, I think she maybe should have only toured at most the two tours. Uh, and, and she's yeah. even come out. I think I can't remember if it was her that we talked to about this or 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 that she said in an interview or maybe even one of her band members that told us in the interview, they were like, look, they're going to throw a bunch of money at us to go out and tour one more time. And this was the addicted tour. We're like, what the heck? Let's Mm -hmm. go one more time. And right. You you know, the addicted tour was purely just, they were, somebody put a ton of money in front of her. They're like, do one more tour. And, you know, she came out of that. And I mean, I think Atlantis had a similar situation where she was just physically exhausted by the time she was done touring that record. And she needed the time off. And, you know, it, it ended up being a very 
uh, transformative and very creative time for her uh, between the end of the touring cycle and the, the promo cycle for that album up to the release of the third record. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then we, that brings us sort of to the third record, my December, obviously um, there's a lot of, feelings about the my december era in the fandom so i'm gonna be interested to get your take uh it came out june 27 2007 the single uh really the only single from the record that is a notable single is never again um and the tour itself got scrapped after she uh made some made some offhand comments about uh, some of the labels and the promoters live nation and etc so they ended up doing a smaller sort of thing she had to she had to switch gears, brought in new management. This is where uh, the Blackstocks joined the picture. Narvel uh, Blackstock, uh, uh, Reba's husband, she brought him on uh, and started kind of her touring and uh, appearances with Reba. They ended up doing the Two Worlds, Two Voices tour. Um, but the My December era was a bit of Kelly's sophomore slump, uh, potentially, uh, but uh, where where do you guys stand with my December? Because like I said, very controversial time for Kelly. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy and I have we've spoken about this, and like you know, for a lot of fans, it's their absolute favorite album. Um, and I think for many, many, many years, I don't want to speak for all fans, obviously, but for many years, it was such a treasured thing because it was really. And it was the only album for a while of hers where she wrote on every single track yeah. and it was so personal. And we all knew that we knew it was not just a different, What it was a different sound, but I feel like the music critics made it sound like it, she went and like did a total 180. It's still a pop yeah, record. Totally. There's just like, some of it's a little bit darker, but like, so was some a breakaway. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that jarring, but, but I, th- I think it was such a fan favorite for so many years because of its lyrical content. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I adore the album. And I think something that the two of us have spoken about is over the span of her career now, you know, that album is 16 years old. Now that we've heard so many more things from Kelly, I still adore the album, but we're both in agreement that we don't love the production on it as much. Um, And I think because her, her, her vocals sound great, but just some of the ways, some of the ways it was, it was mixed. We're not the biggest fans of, but that, aside i think it's a really amazing collection of songs um sober and maybe are two of my all-time favorite kelly songs Mm -hmm. and i'm so happy they exist and you know it still did fairly well commercially like i think it still debuted at number two on the billboard chart i think like hannah montana miley cyrus was was the one who literally beat her for number (laughs) one but like all things considered, debuting at number two is still very, very good. Absolutely. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the canceled tour. That was supposed to be my very first show. Oh. So I was burn. devastated when it got canceled. I was like, no, we're never <laughs> going to see her. And then, you know, they rebooked it into smaller theaters. And I think that was the right move, I think, with, with the sound of the album and the fact that it was not commercially successful. Um, I think it was the right move. Um it's a, I don't know. I really like it. And I, I, I know there was so much drama that went on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily anything that's actually rare for the music yeah. industry. It was, I think what was rare was that it was made public in a time that social media wasn't a huge thing. Um, I think that is why it was so buzzworthy, especially riding off of one of the most successful albums of the 2000s. So yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. What if- I don't know. I have a lot more to say, but I want Jeremy to yeah. uh, chime in here a bit. You know, something I've never really talked about, even on our podcast, is sort of the what ifs that would have come out if this album had been really super successful. And I just wonder if, you know, maybe Kelly would have reached a higher status of of pop singer had My December been, you know, an ultra successful album. You know, would she have been, you know, as and it's it's so hard to to gauge you know, popularity in 2007 to popularity in 2023. But, you know, the, the original My December tour was supposed to be these, this big arena tour. It got scaled down mm-hmm. to theaters. You know, could Kelly have been, you know, a Taylor Swift level artist, you know, had My December been equally as successful or more successful than Breakaway? And then, you know, subsequent yeah. albums continued to do well. We don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously a, a game of what ifs. But, you know, yes, it is a fan favorite album. I think that it has gotten more appreciated as time has passed. It was, you know, kind of the fans always stuck up for it, even, you know, when the album was released. I mean, I remember uh, this was the first of Kelly's albums that really was a victim of the online leaking uh, that happened Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. between 2007 and 2010. And I remember the day that this album leaked out. I mean, I will freely admit that I was one of the people that was listening to the songs as they were being posted on these blogs. And people were just like, this album is incredible. You know, it's, it's so different. It's awesome. It's great. And we all still went out and bought our copies and, you know, felt the same way. But I think that people soured on the album, you know, as it went on. And I think it's just because, there are a lot of very fickle people and a lot of people pay attention to trends and, and what people say in the press. And Kelly was getting a lot of bad press because of everything that was going on with the drama behind the scenes of, you know, what she was saying. And, you know, she had an open fight with one of the biggest music moguls (laughs) in the industry. And, you know, you can't tell me that, you know, he didn't, you know, sort of blacklist her, an artist on his own label, uh, You'll never convince me different that he didn't blacklist her and and cost her some opportunities uh, because of her open fighting with him. And, you know, she yeah. did have the whole thing where in the midst of promoting the album, she dumps her manager. She signs on with with uh, Narvel, like you said. So there was there was a lot of transition when this album came out and she was she was really just trying to become the artist she wanted to be. It was very important for her to write the songs on this record. And I don't think that anybody should be, you know, put to shame for that, for wanting to write songs. I mean, I understand that music is a business and they want hits and, you know, they, they didn't hear hits, but they're like, all right, we're going to let you fail and let you see what happens. And I think in the end, you have a bunch of fans who really still love this album. And that's really all that matters. And she also, she didn't want to make breakaway 2.0 and like, who can blame her for that? you like, I'm sure the label did, um, yeah. but like, and that's what they ended up, well, sort of doing later on. But, um, you know, who can blame her for wanting, you know, for being an actual artist and actually wanting to, you know, five years into her career, make an album that she actually was really passionate about. Yeah. And to be honest, if she had been even bigger than Breakaway, she would have burnt out so much. Yeah. Like she kind of already burnt down Breakaway. I don't want to know what kind of burnout she would have experienced. Yeah. yeah. She she ended up sort of giving herself that break that she needed through yeah. this sort of uh, slump 
commercially with the album, but I do think, and I agree with what you guys are saying is that I think it's a, it's a fan favorite. Uh, Pam, you mentioned some of the songs that for me stand out sober, maybe like those are mm-hmm. great songs that could have been great singles. I think it really is the production. I think if Clive had gotten kind of what he wanted, which is let's bring in some more pop producers and make it sound a little bit more pop heavy. I do think that we would have probably had a, a more con- commercially successful album, but it's part of her story and it's part yeah. of what we have now in our catalog of Kelly Clarkson hits. And then you mentioned the like 2.0, uh, Breakaway is that Kelly's fourth album, which we can move to uh, All I Ever yeah. Wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. I mean, I I adore this album. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, yeah. um, but it is a little. I don't want to say it's Breakaway 2.0 in terms of the way it sounds because it doesn't sound like Breakaway. But I think in terms of like making it super commercial and poppy, they succeeded. Yeah, they definitely succeeded. Yeah, I mean, All I Ever Wanted released March 10th, 2009, lead single, My Life Would Suck Without You. Uh, It debuted at number one on Billboard, again, nominated for Grammys for Best Vocal Album. Um, The single had the biggest leap at the time on the Hot 100 from 97 to one in one week. Um, And then, of course, had the follow-ups, I Do Not Hook Up, Already Gone, All I Ever Wanted, and Cry. Um, And uh, obviously, there was a lot of, again, sort of, controversy uh with already gone and the beyonce song Mm -hmm. halo um she did the all i ever wanted tour um so a lot was happening at this time and then she also had don't you want to stay with jason aldean around this time or towards the end of this era um which uh, was her first number one on country charts um and so again it was another transformative kelly clarkson era uh where she potentially gave in a bit to some of the the labels demands of wanting sort of this pop take on bringing back you know uh, uh max martin and dr luke into the mix which again she was very outspoken about at times in her career um but but i personally i mean though i know kelly has negative feelings about the way in which she was sort of forced into working with some of the folks on this record i i think it's one of her her best albums personally. I agree. You know, this, this album I have sort of said is an overcorrection uh, by the label because I know they wanted her to get back to her pop roots. And, you know, like you said, they brought in a bunch of producers and, and I think this is a, it's a great pop album. It really is. And it's, it is one of my favorites and I, I adore so many of the songs on here, but it's almost too much of a course correction to where I almost think that even down to the photo shoot for the record itself is overly like poppy and saccharine and like really overdone. Mm -hmm. And she's super made up and it's flashy. And I mean, it's just, I mean, it is the prototypical pop album. And I think that, while yes, she's on the album, she's singing the songs, she's writing on some of the songs. I don't think that this album necessarily 100% tells you who Kelly Clarkson is. It does tell you that she's a great singer. She's She's got the chops to sing all different styles. There's some of her best ballads are on this album. But at the same time, I think that like if I were trying to show somebody who Kelly was, this is not the first album that I'm going to grab. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Like I loved all of the, the imagery I loved. I mean, but I'm also like a pop music lover. And so for me, it was like, oh, I could really digest that version of Kelly. But as a Kelly Clarkson stan and as someone who kind of understands her personality, probably even more now and looking back, I can go like, yeah, that's not her. That's not authentic. And that's what fans love about, I think, My December is that it's truly her. That album is her and she d- wrote on it and she had kind of all of the, um, you know, sort of creative direction for that record, which she made it very her. And I think the... Um, in my opinion, is like all I ever wanted, though great, had some really awesome songs, obviously the Katy Perry jams that we got. But I think it was um, the next record, which is Stronger, released October 1st, 2011, lead single Mr. Know-It-All. But obviously we got her biggest song to date, Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You. Um, Her third number one, which remains the biggest selling single to date for her and not that song alone nominated for three Grammys. And to me, that was sort of the marriage of what you were just talking about, Jeremy, which it was like, we got our pop version of Kelly. We got some great pop songs that were, you know, pop produced. But then I felt like the imagery and the way in which she sort of appeared on the cover and all of the kind of assets that went along with it felt a little bit more toned down into kind of what Kelly would have potentially liked. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, when I say before about how all I ever wanted was a course correction and they sort of overcorrected, it's like when you're driving down the road and you kind of are not paying attention and you kind of go off onto the shoulder a little bit and then you hit the wheel really quickly and then you go off and you hit the other side of the shoulder a little bit. Stronger is the uh, album where we get back in between the lines and now we've made a really good down the middle, excellent pop rock album that has excellent writing kelly's contributing kelly is getting more and more involved in the crafting of the songs and the construction of the songs rather than just you know writing a little bit and then going into a booth and singing she's starting to to take control more of of the crafting of the songs and we'll see that more as her albums progress and this just all around i mean is an excellent pop rock album i would i don't i don't even think i could ever just call it a pop album i think it's a great pop rock album and i actually kind of wish it would have sold better than it did except for the fact that the only the only downside of stronger is when it came out let's say Mm. stronger comes out in 2006 2007 it might have sold better than it did in 2012 because by 2012 the music industry itself has now shifted we are now in an itunes 99 cent a track spotify spotify world where the whole the whole game is starting to change and the way that people are getting their music is diversifying and it's not about the physical sales anymore and i think that had this album come out five years earlier it would have sold through the roof and potentially could have sold better than even breakaway did because i think that you know i i depending on the mood that i am that on a particular day you know i struggle between which is a better album breakaway or stronger um, because they are yeah. both excellent excellent albums yeah i um it's funny chris i was uh, it's funny you bring up that whole thing about all i ever wanted because it's one of my top three four albums of hers 
just because I, it always puts me in such a good mood and I think it just has an amazing collection of songs. But you are correct in terms that like it does not necessarily seem the most like authentic to her. You know, obviously tracks right. here, a couple here and there do, but as a whole, not as much. So I think I like the collections of songs better than what's on Stronger, but Stronger, you know, is way more authentically her. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing to mm-hmm. kind of navigate. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the Stronger, it was just such a fun time to be a fan we got two tours, two big tours, mm-hmm. um, and she was on duets that that competition show, yep. the one season. But she was so it was it was almost like she was back on TV again, back in your home every week. Yep. And obviously, it was a lot shorter and you know not as big of an impact because it was only one season. But it was just a really fun time, and you couldn't escape that song. You could not escape stronger, and it was just like such a amazing time to be there and to witness it all. Yeah, well. And I wondered if you actually meant that Stronger was the two, uh, Breakaway 2.0, and that's why I asked if it was the All I Ever no, Wanted. No, I, I meant All I Ever Wanted in terms of the poppiness. Yeah, but I wondered more, um, and Jeremy kind of touched on that, is I felt like I agree that if it had come out at a different time, Stronger could have had six singles at least. Like It mm-hmm. has some really strong Kelly Clarkson music and songs that I think could have really gone the distance. I think the other thing about Stronger where commercially didn't do as great is because it was also uh, a victim of all of the sort of leaks. Yep. And I remember oh, yeah. that, al- that album was leaking like crazy and we were getting the demos and I was listening yes. to them. But then the demos sounded different than the final versions and fans were loving something that might be more poppy or more, you know, rock sounding about the demo that then it ended up sounding different in the final master. And that I think also sort of turned people like they didn't know what to do or they had also burnt out on the album a little bit before it even came out. And so that was, I think, part of that, that uh, sort of outcome of why that album sort of dipped after Stronger. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's an interesting uh, case because this was the album that, you know, like you said, we saw more of the cooks in the kitchen, if you will, uh, of this album. Yeah. I mean, we got we got probably two other additional albums worth of songs that leaked out uh, prior to the release yeah. and even after the release of this album. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, the process and, you know, and hearing songs uh, that she's working on. But, you know, she she was asked years and years later about all of these songs leaking out. And she's like, I don't care from my perspective. She's like, I don't care if these songs leak out. I, I, I like that people like the songs. But it was more she felt bad for the writers that were on those songs, you know, because now they've sort of lost their ability to shop these songs around. You know, and people may think, you know, I don't understand how that really works. It's like, well, you know, once it's a demo has been leaked out of one particular artist singing a song, you know, like it or not, that song becomes sort of aligned with that artist and no one else is yeah. going to touch it. So, yeah. you know, it, it was really unfortunate that we did have, you know, the leaking that we did have around that album. And I would I mean, I could probably do an entire college thesis on the this era and and why this album didn't do better than it really could have because this is yeah. you know one of i mean it's in my mind one of the top 2 best albums that she's put out and i wish it had done better commercially i know that kelly doesn't care about that anymore um but at the time you know it was a big deal for albums to commercially do well but 
you know she right she got a lot of accolades out of the album you know this is a, another fan favorite album that uh is very very hard to skip songs on i mean maybe one i might do every now and again but i mean this is it, it's a very very good album front to back 100 percent um and then from there we get uh, her greatest hits, Chapter One, released November nineteenth, two thousand twelve. Uh, we got three singles from that, including "Catch My Breath," which was the biggest of the three. Great single, one of my favorite Kelly Clarkson songs to date. Um, and so I'm so happy that we got that. And then of course we got "Wrapped in Red," her first Christmas record um, in uh, two thousand thirteen. Um, and that album went number three on the Billboard uh, 200, which is amazing for a holiday uh, yeah. album and uh, was the best-selling holiday album of the year. Yeah, and continues Not to surprising. this day yeah. to <laughs> perform well. I mean, year after year, that yeah. is one of the few albums that continues to get back in and chart year after year. I mean, yep. a lot of times, you know, artists will It's put, timeless. It really is. Yeah, a lot of times artists will put out a holiday record, it'll chart the year that it comes out and then you never hear about it again. But there are a select yeah. few that come back year after year and you know you really have to give a lot of credit to Underneath the Tree. I mean, they they got together and they made a really, really timeless Christmas song that, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, we hadn't seen the likes of since All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. There just really yep. wasn't that that song, that big sounding pop contemporary Christmas song that had come out since the 90s. And yeah. you and I feel comfortable saying that because it's 10 years later and that song still is on every Christmas radio station. It, it shows up in every Christmas playlist. It shows up in all kinds of Hallmark movies 10 years later yeah. still. Yeah. And I mean, and as you mentioned, it, it charts every year as well, the single. Yep. And so it has that sort of same Mariah Carey potential of it being one of those sort of classic Christmas songs that we just see the Brenda Lees, the Mariah Carey's and eventually mm -hmm. the, you know, Kelly Clarkson every year. And, and I still feel though, there are people that discover it every year. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, which is nice. Yeah. Even though the song is about 10 years old, you're still getting new people that are like, Oh, you know, maybe I've heard this before, but I didn't know it was Kelly Clarkson. And then like, it, it's, so that's refreshing yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then, um, so after that, we get uh, into February, 2015, we get piece by piece, which is her final record, seventh and final record with RCA. So the deal that came out of idol, um, it debuted at number one on the billboard 200. She had the piece by piece tour. It, uh, had singles Heartbeat Song, Invincible, and Piece by Piece, uh, which was the most successful from the record. Um, give me your your hot takes on Piece by Piece. My hot take on Piece by Piece is that I'm shocked that this album debuted number one. Uh, that That's the, <laughs> the biggest thing for me because yeah. I would say, I mean, this is, again, a, not one of her more successful albums, but there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like I don't like the album. It's actually one of my favorites. I really, really love this album. It has some of my favorite songs on here. Uh, it ended up producing one of her best tours that she's done. Yes. But Agreed. there was something about this album where, you know, it, it wasn't really super deep with singles. You know, Heartbeat Song was a was a good song. Uh, it's a good, fun pop song. Um, I don't know if I would rank it in maybe even her top 10 of all time. Yeah. But. Agreed. I think what really buoyed this album is 
and I'm sure we're going to get to talking about this is the, is the idol performance that gave new life to a song that wasn't even recorded in the way that she sang it on television. So I think that had she not had that performance on American idol, I don't think that this album would have even been nearly as successful as it ended up being. Uh, but I, and I think maybe it could have something to do, and I, I haven't done the proper research, so I might be speaking out of turn here, but it might have had something to do with what was coming out the week that this album was released. You know, RCA may have made a specific effort to put the album out when there wasn't a lot of other competition because, quite honestly, they had been burned in the past by the, the Hannah Montana mm-hmm. albums and, you know, just getting completely railroaded by other really big releases the same week that Kelly's album came out. So, yeah, my big hot take is that I can't believe it debuted number one. Yeah, I I really like this album. I think there's a lot of fun songs. As Jeremy said, it was a really good tour as well. Uh, something that the two of us joke about is how good the bonus tracks are and why are they bonus tracks? They should be on the main album, mm-hmm. i.e. Second Wind, uh, the Marin Morris song, like yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a really fun album. Now, my only bone to pick with it, and again, like <laughs> Jeremy and I are Mass Kelly fans, but like we will have opinions from here, yeah, from, you know, here and there. Um, I think I can't remember if it was Wrapped in Red or Greatest Hits, but I remember one of the two not counting towards her album allotment mm. and her not knowing that. So piece by piece, I don't think was like always supposed to happen. Mm. So I always joke to myself that this was the, oh, we have to do another album under RCA album. Mm. <laughs> and not that it's bad by any means, but for yeah. me, it just sounds like a lot of songs thrown in. And aside from, you know, piece by piece and tightrope and uh, someone, um, generally speaking, it doesn't feel like like something that she would have written yeah it it isn't very cohesive it's not it's not it's like and you've got the Sia yeah. elements you've got like new things that she was trying but it felt like it was a little bit all over the place and there are songs yes. on it that i really love um but i think yeah i agree with you that it just it sort of feels piecemealed and quite frankly like it could have just been sort of to that point her song where like let's take some of these scraps that I've like looked at before a couple of like, let's bring in this like Sia song. Let's like do this thing and just put all of these on a record and I'll put it out. Cause we didn't also get a lot of visuals for this record. We didn't get like videos and we didn't get like an investment of her really like putting something to putting a lot of effort into the, no, the videos were like nothing. The only nice part about the video was the piece by piece video when you had, river in it her daughter Mm -hmm. but everything else was like it was like i guess like aesthetically pleasing but there was no like storyline and plot and i guess by that point like music videos obviously are not what you know you don't need them anymore you you used to need them as a marketing tool now you don't but yeah you didn't get a lot of visuals and what we did get wasn't anything amazing in my opinion um i do love the album i do love the songs but i agree that it's not the most cohesive it also says a lot that the um, when you have an album and two of the songs on the album have versions that are more popular that were re-released later. So you've got the piece by piece from Idol, which ultimately was more popular than the album version. In fact, they ended up reissuing the deluxe edition of the album to put the Idol version on it. And then 
once mm-hmm. she went out and did the piece by piece tour, you had so many people who appreciated and liked the live reworking of the song Tightrope way more than the version that they had on the album. And so I, I don't know if that says something about your record when you've got two different versions that are more popular than the versions that you worked so hard on to put onto the album proper. So just, yeah. you know, something to think about with this particular album. It is one of her more uneven albums. I still really like it. There are still some gems on there, but and, yeah, and quite honestly, it's, it's been the album that has grown the most on me. You know, I, I loved it when I first heard it, but then, you know, so quickly it sort of fell out of favor stacked up against the rest of her catalog. But I have come to really appreciate this album over time. Totally. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, she was closing a chapter with RCA and, and then, um, we, we had a little bit of a, a Kelly break. Um, she obviously was also having, having a child and there was things personally going on in her life. Yeah. Um, but then we get to uh, Meaning of Life in October of 2017, first album with Atlantic Records, uh, the single Love So Soft. Um, and then obviously at this point, she also has been on The Voice. Uh, she was hosting the Billboard Music Awards. Um, and she really, at this point, was like defining herself as more than just a musician, but also now an entertainer in so many other ways. Um, how did Meaning of Life sit with, you know, you guys as huge Kelly uh, stands sort of for all these years? I think it was such a breath of fresh air. You could hear it in the sound. It was obvious. It's definitely it's still pop, but it's definitely more you know, soulful R&B. Mm-hmm. And it was something that was so brand new. So when it came out, it was like, whoa, this is this is new and shiny and I love it. And you can tell that she was happy. You can tell that she was excited about it and passionate about it. Something that you really hadn't seen. At least I don't feel like I had seen in a while. Um, and, you know, even if, you know, the singles were not, you know, the most commercially successful, I don't, think she cared and at this point like i don't think the fans even necessarily cared i think they were just happy that there was such a new kind of sound coming from her yet it still sounded authentic kelly yeah in my opinion produced her best tour so far meaning a life tour was so much fun and it brought her back into arenas which she hadn't done fully i mean you know the arenas here and there but fully since the breakaway era yeah or at least by herself yeah by herself exactly as a as a headlining artist um exactly yeah yeah this album is is such a like pam said a breath of fresh air because we sort of got to see authentic kelly again Uh, she now that she's out of her rca deal she's obviously looked for a label that is going to let her have more creative control over her albums and so this is the first this is the first album that we really get to see like boss kelly And, you know, she's definitely got more of a hand in how every song on this album sounds. And it's just a it's it's a completely new chapter for her and sort of a a, a renaissance, if you will. And, And oddly enough, this album probably closest relates to Thankful in that it is, you know, sort of Kelly's return to sort of singing a bit of like soulful r and b um you know still the pop flair in there but yet you know a most certainly a different sound 
Then we heard from piece by piece from stronger, certainly all I ever wanted. And I, I think it was almost, you know, even a little bit jarring. I specifically remember listening to the album for the first time, thinking to myself, you know, this one's going to take, you know, a little bit of time to, you know, really sort of digest and, and to sit with it because it sounded so different. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, looking at her career as a whole, this was such a freeing moment for her because I feel like she can finally breathe with the deal that she has with Atlantic records. And they're not going to be on her case to, you know, churn out pop records every 18 months. And, you know, they're not going to be worried about having, you know, big hit singles or whatever. They're like, you know what, go out there, do what you do, make the record you want to make, and we will support it a hundred percent. And I'm, I I love this album and like Pam said I'm with her you know it's it's one of her most fun tours that she's done and I think that this really did usher in sort of the next chapter of of Kelly and her career and it also brought in from what from what I see externally doing our podcast it brought in a whole new audience I mean it really it it I think this combined with being on the voice and right as this era was ending was the launch of the talk show and it really, a lot of people maybe knew a couple of her songs, like, you know, they knew the Since You've Been Gone's and the Stronger's, but the Media Life era really brought in a, like a whole new renaissance, a whole new group of fans that weren't as familiar with her older stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in a new way, and I think, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of like um, when Lady Gaga, she did... Uh, the Tony Bennett uh, duet album. And then she was in a star is born. And I felt like all of a sudden a a bunch of people that had like, would be like, I would never listen to Lady Gaga wanted to listen to Lady Gaga because they loved her in a different way. And I, my, we're not, we won't go down a Gaga path, but I, (laughs) but I'm like, Gaga didn't, didn't do anything with that where she actually could have resonated if she had released something a little more digestible for that audience. And I think that's what Kelly did on this record is that she took all of these people that had fallen in love with her personality on uh, the voice and hosting the billboard awards and like doing some of these things that she was able to kind of translate it into I'm going to be more authentically me and who I am as a person now, instead of going and like releasing something super poppy that might alienate some of the folks that are watching me on the the voice. And, you know, Kelly doing like country and starting to sing things more. Uh, and then obviously with uh, Kelly Oki on her show and really starting to vo- show that she can sing literally anything that someone puts in front of her. And I think people want that. And so the meaning of life to me sort of ushered in that era for her of saying like, I can sing something other than what I've done for these last seven albums. I can actually like completely change again and do something brand new and make it sound still like me, but, but super fresh. And so that I think was that album. And, and then obviously we got, uh, COVID, as we all uh, probably want to forget, but uh, we were supposed to get the Invincible uh, Vegas residency, which got canceled. Um, We ended up getting I Dare You as a standalone single uh, from Kelly during this kind of weird time. Uh, We got a second Christmas record now under Atlantic um, with uh, When Christmas Comes Around. Um, 
and the Kalioki EP. So lots of things happening during this time of COVID. She was still very busy. Obviously, the show continuing to go on to win five daytime Emmys. Um, but And then she got her Walk of Fame star in September of 2002. So she was incredibly busy, but... Um, but not necessarily getting to like get out on the road and tour a record. And we all knew that there was one. So we were all waiting for it. Um, And then her life imploded personally in a lot of different ways. And she went back into the studio to tell a different side of the story. And we got chemistry on June 23rd, 2023, which brings us to present day. And um, I know you guys are getting ready to pack your bags and head to Vegas, uh, where she is finally going to do her residency starting July 28th. Um, But tell me your thoughts on chemistry and what are you looking forward to from this upcoming live show? Uh, chemistry is the album that Kelly Clarkson didn't want to make. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. We, we don't know what kind of album she would have put out had her personal life been a little bit different. Um, so that's always going to be a big, what if, or a big question mark when it comes to her career. But we know that she has had a really, really difficult three years and, you know, COVID on top of everything was, you know, probably more than she could have really wanted. Um, you know, we're, we're still sort of, we're still learning about this era a little bit, you know, we're only a month into it Mm -hmm. and it is speaking just about the album itself. It is some of the most, personal material that we've seen from her since my December. It is so incredibly emotional. There is just, I mean, this is sort of, (laughs) I'm, I'm still sort of formulating the thoughts in my head because even still, I don't even know how to really speak about this era yet, just because it's so young. Um, it sort of feels like another one of those course corrections where, you know, meaning of life is, was sort of a 180 from what piece by piece was. And then you've got this incredibly emotionally charged album that comes out right after it, which the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's still funny to me to say, you know, meaning of life was the last album she put out and it just feels like an eternity ago. You know I mean? It was yeah. six years ago. Yeah. And so now this chemistry album comes out, it's incredibly emotional. It feels like another hard course correction. And so it's so, it's so strange to feel like, how do I not know what this all feels like? You know, Hmm. Um, I mean, what I love about it is that this could not be more authentically Kelly on this album. I mean, this is, this is an artist who absolutely put her heart on her chest and just says, this is it. This is, this is what happened. This is how I was feeling. I can only imagine how incredibly difficult this was to make this album over so many different circumstances. And yet she's put out an album that, you know, it's a little early to say whether or not it's going to be commercially uh, successful or, or whatever, but it is certainly the most we've sort of been able to peel back the curtain and look and see into her real life. I mean, she definitely sings about 
relatable things on all of her albums. And I think that's one of the reasons why right. people, you know, still love her music so much is because, you know, especially when she does these anthemic songs, everybody can see the, a bit of their life in what she's singing. And now we are hearing the real stories of, of her life, of what really happened, how she was really feeling. And I think that this is going to be a slow grow album and a lot of people are going to eventually find it and realize how much they also relate to it. Because unfortunately the topics of this album are going to speak to a lot of people. And I know a lot of people are going to feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think this album is so special in terms of the sound because this is the honestly the first album I feel like she has kind of brought all of her music genres that she loves and put them all together. You know, we got um, the pop rock stuff with Red Flag Collector. You got your dancey stuff with Favor Kind of High and Down to You. A little bit of country and I Hate Love. A little bit of like an island feel with That's Right. You got more of the indie kind of sound with like Skip mm-hmm. This Part and Chemistry. Like I could keep going. Yeah, and I think. It's something that, you know, as hardcore diehard fans, we've known forever that she can sing any genre. She loves all genres. And not that not that every album has, sound this, has sounded the same over the course of her career, but, you know, it hasn't been as diverse as this album. And I think the producers, Jason Halbert and Jesse Shackin, did such a good job with diversifying this album along with Kelly Mm -hmm. and also really making her vocals shine and letting her vocals be the main focal point, you know, the main thing that that stands out when often in pop music nowadays, it's not, you know, it's often the the vocals are often hidden by all the, you know, you know, electronic beeps, boops, whatever you want to call it. And I think that was refreshing. And in terms of lyrical content, unfortunately, because she's so much more in the public eye now than she ever has been with, the talk show and every in the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, her divorce was made very, very public, and all the steps of you know TMZ is constantly reporting everything. Right. So unfortunately, we know too much. And you know, that being said, I feel like obviously we don't know everything that all the songs are about. We can't take everything literally, but we know a lot of the background, and I think it. Uh, gives us more context and i know i appreciate the album more knowing that she was really able to like share her diary with the world and i think it's a beautiful beautiful collection of music and i am to answer your second part of the question for vegas yes we're so excited i mean as we're recording this it hasn't happened yet we haven't gone to vegas yet so we don't know what any of the shows are going to be like but to our knowledge it's going to be a mixture of greatest hits, new songs from chemistry and some B-side stuff. So we're really getting a mix of everything. And I think that is so exciting. I don't really know what to expect. And I think that makes it even better. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, show. It's, it's going to be so great to see her back in her element. Uh, You know, she really thrives in front of a crowd and Pam and I got to see her back in April when she debuted all of the songs from the chemistry album, um, right. in concert. And that was a, that was, it was a different kind of show. You know, that, that was something that, you know, needed to happen. And she really wanted to, to let everybody hear these songs. And, but that's not your, your prototypical Kelly Clarkson concert. I mean, that was a very emotionally charged storytellers kind of a concert. Now she said that 
you know, there's going to be a storyteller vibe sort of with these Vegas shows. But at the same time, like it's going to be, as Pam said, a bit of greatest hits, a bit of fan service, a bit of new stuff. So we are so excited just to get back out there, sing the songs that we know, uh, you know, try to sing along to the songs that we're still learning and just be in amongst, you know, the, the people that we have been attending these shows with for the last 20 years. And it's so fun to, to be a part of this community that we've, you know, either been just as fans or the community that we've built with our podcast. And so many of us have literally grown up with each other. You know, I've, I've known Pam, you know, online only for, you know, over a decade and she's just one of many, many other people from all around the country and really all around the world that we've all gotten to know. And something like Vegas, where it's going to be just these 10 shows and that's all that she's doing for the foreseeable future. People are flying in from all over the world. And it's very interesting to know that there are going to be so many friendly faces that we have known for years and years, all in these rooms, watching these shows. It's just, it's a bit overwhelming to kind of think about that. You know, this, this moment of her back on a stage night after night has finally returned. Yeah. Very exciting. I mean, and she is, she's such a dynamic performer. And obviously as we just did in this, you know, what hour and a half, I thought it was going to be much less time. So I appreciate all of your time, (laughs) but you know, it's such a huge career and she has done so many things. And I think to your point, she's being so vulnerable, whether she's being forced to because of paparazzi and TMZ and social media and all the things that kind of put everything out in the, in the, universe but she's being so vulnerable now and she's really found sort of her footing and so i'm i'm super excited uh, for you guys to see the show and to continue to see what kelly brings us next um before we wrap um i want to get what is one song of kelly clarkson's that you if you had to get get rid of the rest of the catalog and you could only pick one song to keep forever what would the Kelly Clarkson song be? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. I have to think about this for a second. I'll share mine. And then while you guys think, because I put you on, I put you on the spot because I was thinking, I was like, you know, what happens if you just never have heard any of these songs, but what is one that you would keep? And for me, because of you, I have very similar sort of, uh, themes of how Kelly intended it when she wrote it. And that's just a song that, defined so many things for me it said so many things uh, personally but also so perfectly for me and so if I had to pick one song that if I had never heard any other Kelly Clarkson song that would have to be the one that I would take with me um, is because of you from Breakaway that's a good pick you guys enough time now to to think of think of one I know this is (laughs) this is tough I have I have two answers I have two answers but Jeremy do you want want to go first because I don't I don't know which way to which way to go yeah I I can go um you know for me because I I think we've we've sort of asked this question in in different ways on our show both of ourselves and of our guests and I think for me it's it's still stronger you know for me Kelly Clarkson is a big anthemic singer. You know, she can sing the songs that sort of bring people together, just like how the country kind of came together to vote her as the first American idol. And that's why, you know, she's so good at these songs and she's, you know, she's known for them. 
And so, you know, it'd be very easy for me to say, well, if it's not stronger, it's going to be, you know, since you've been gone or, you know, you can maybe throw my life would suck without you or, you know, there's a whole bunch of other songs that can be right behind it. But for me, you know, stronger is one of those songs that showcases all of the great things about her showcases that she's a fantastic singer. I mean, you think that this is just a regular pop song, but go to a karaoke bar and try to sing Mm -hmm. this song. It's a lot harder than you might think. Not that I'm saying this from experience, but I've seen people attempt it and they've failed miserably. Sure. So so I I just think that this song perfectly encapsulates her entire career. It showcases all of the great things about her. And to this day, even though that song is more than a decade old, I never get tired of hearing it. If it ever comes on the radio or if it comes up through a shuffle or something, I don't skip through it. I listen all the way through it because it is still one of, if not my favorite song that she's put out. Awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to say both of mine. Uh, whatever. Okay. But they're for two different reasons. So in terms of like a general answer, I'm going to keep on going the train that you guys are on. I'm going to say since you've been gone. I know it's just like the it's probably the most basic answer you could give, but there's a reason for that. It it's probably her most well-known song among the masses. And it really made me fall in love and pay attention to her as a vocalist and as an as an artist. And even though she has released so much since then, I just feel like it it always puts su- such a smile on my face. Even if I hear it yeah. ten times in a row. I've met maybe two people in my life who don't like the song. Wow. Which, like everyone else loves it. It's so much fun to sing along to and the end of the day i just want to be happy and sing and that is what it does to me however if we're going to do more of like a songwriting pivot like hey here's then i'm going to go with probably Mm. probably sober in terms of just the i don't know that uh, the arc of that song the way it builds up and the lyrical content it's just it's magic it is so good so those are my two answers. I cheated. No, whatever. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, since I thought it might be since you've been gone because it did. It introduced you to Kelly. It's why you're yeah. here today. And it's you know, really, if that song did not exist, I don't know if I'd be sitting here. I know that sounds yeah. extreme, but I, I don't know if I would no, be. It makes sense. And I think, you know, as uh, Jeremy, you said stronger is like stronger is the reason that so many people, I mean, as the most successful commercially single of hers, it's the reason that so many people love Kelly Clarkson. And it is one of those songs that comes on, it's an anthem. Everyone's going to like, you know, sing along or dance to it. And so it's, it's something I went like a little more personal, but I, but I think like her anthems are forever, you know, her anthems and um, are amazing. And so, um, well, well, thank you for thinking of that for me, for me. I know that that was really tough for fans like yourselves to really just <laughs> narrow it down. Um, but I'm very excited uh, for you guys to see the chemistry uh, tour or the uh, residency in, in Vegas. And um, I know folks, I'm sure you're going to be covering all of it, uh, but I know folks can follow you to uh, find out all of your opinions on how it is. So share with us uh, where can folks find you? Sure. Um, find us on all the social medias, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, which we're really starting to actually post now, three years in. Um, <laughs> you can find us all the places at Miss Inde- Inde Podcast. So it's like Miss Independent, but instead of pendant, it's podcast. Yeah. So yeah, um, we talk all things Kelly every week. 
And we're and we're for you know the casual fans, the super fans. You know, we don't like to leave anybody out. We love to teach people who are newer fans about uh, the old days, if you will. Uh, you know, we we love talking with the people closest to Kelly, uh, whether it be you know people who have worked with her, her bandmates, uh, crew. Uh, we've had the the great opportunity to have Kelly on the show ourselves. So, um, you know, we don't, we try not to leave any stone unturned. We, we love to have a lot of fun on our show and, uh, we don't like to exclude anybody. So we would love for, uh, for anybody to jump on. If you're a fan of Kelly and her music, uh, we, we are definitely a show that you could enjoy. Yes, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and it's available everywhere that podcasts are miss into podcast. Um, and I keep like having to say it very slow, but it's a great name, but I have to say it slow so that I don't say Miss Independent because that's where I go instantly. <laughs> it's it's funny. The Kelly team, they they you know, I've heard just in passing or whatever, they call us the Miss Independent, Miss Independent podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know what? Fine. Go with it. When, go when with you it. spent 20 years saying one thing and then you have to turn around and say it another way, I get it. I completely understand. I don't. Yeah. But Jeremy thought of that name. I will take zero credit for that. <laughs> well, so. that's awesome. Um, thank you so yeah, much. And thank you guys for doing this and being here and deep diving into Kelly. As I said, she's such a huge part of my life in so many ways. And so when I thought about doing this deep dive, I was like, I got to bring in the experts. And so I appreciate having you guys. And I really hope that you guys have a wonderful time in Vegas. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And uh, I had a blast talking with you. And anytime you ever want to gush about Kelly, you know where to find oh, us. I will. I will be hitting <laughs> you guys up for sure. Um, but awesome. And then for all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. Um, check out Miss Into Podcast. And then also don't forget to rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. You can find me on uh, all the socials at CM Vetrano. I think we're changing the Twitter name to X or something now. So I'm just going to say all the socials. Um, and then until next week, thanks so much for listening. We'll chat soon. Bye. Bye.